Hello, and welcome to the CDI podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Beagle, Director of the Center for Community and Economic Development at the University of Central Arkansas. I am excited to welcome our guests for today's episode, David Orr and Representative Aaron Pilkington. David is the R-Care Foundation Director and Representative Pilkington is the Regional Vice President of Operations for R-Care. And he also serves as the Arkansas State Representative for the 69th District. Today, we're gonna to be talking about our care as an organization and how health intersects with community and economic development. Welcome to the show, David and Aaron. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us on. All right, we're gonna go straight into our questions. And the first thing we always like to ask our guests is, can you talk a little bit about your career and how you got in the position you are today? And David, I'm gonna let you get us kick-started. Hey, thank you for having us, Shelby. I've served as a United Methodist minister for 46 years and served churches across Arkansas from Crawfordsville and Lake City in the east to Springdale and Fort Smith in the west. And my final appointment was at Searcy. I retired about a year ago and I visited with Dr. Collier, who was in my congregation at the time, and asked him if maybe there were some um, opportunities for chaplaincy through our care. And he said, that was a possibility, but he wanted to talk to me about something else. And so he came to my office and we visited. He wanted to talk to me about the foundation. I guess I had passed the plate on enough times in front of him. He decided that maybe I knew something about raising a few, a few funds. So he visited with me about it and I was glad to, uh, to say yes and to become part of the R-Care team and uh, have had a great year. Well, David, thanks so much for sharing that. And I was talking to Aaron a little bit before the podcast started about how it's so fascinating to hear how people kind of their journey throughout life. Um, and obviously you have a very interesting journey um, going from the ministry into a foundation director. I'm sure that you never thought you would probably end up in that position, uh, but that is amazing. And I know you're having a ton of impact on communities across the state in your position and your previous position. And so now I'm going to ask the same question to Representative Pilkington. Um, where did you start out and how did you get where you are today? Well, thanks, Shelby. Um, so it's kind of funny. I, I joke. I think my, uh, my story begins even before I was born. My grandfather was a hospital administrator here in the state of Arkansas. He ran uh, White County Medical for a while. Um, and then, of course, my father was a hospital administrator in the state of Arkansas as well. And so I really followed in their footsteps. And uh, after I graduated college, I went to UAMS and got my master's in healthcare administration um, with the idea of, of doing the same. And then weirdly enough, after school, um, I, I took a job in, in clinics, clinic operations. Um, you know, clinics and hospitals were, you know, are part of health systems. And so I, that was kind of an area of the business I, I didn't know as well, not having grown up in it. And I really fell in love with clinical operations. Um, and so I worked for uh, Sparks, back when Sparks was Sparks before, <laughs> before I got bought by Baptist. Um, and I was running clinics over there for them. Um, and then in 2016, I was elected to the state legislature. And so, which I've been a state legislature since, um, since then, uh, serving on public health and insurance and commerce committees, which has been uh, great to just learn so much, but also then to serve the people of Arkansas and to uh, you know, pursue my passion of, uh, of trying to help uh, improve lives of our Kansas. 
Um, so I worked for Sparks, then uh, I spent a little time, I worked for CHI St. Vincent's, um, working with them with uh, employee health plans for a while. Um, but, you know, I really wanted to get back to clinical operations. And so, uh, interestingly enough, I had a kind of a friend of a friend who uh, knew that they were looking for someone to, to take over this role. And, um, and I had known members of Barcare for a while and, and uh, their family friends and just acquaintances and, of course, being in the field together. And, and when they heard that I was something I was interested in, we met and then, then the rest is history. So I've been with Barcare for about uh, a little over a year and a half. And so it's been a, been a great opportunity. So that's kind of how I, how I ended up here. Um, as a, as a vice president of operations. So uh, I'd say when I started out looking to work in healthcare, I didn't necessarily think of myself as working for uh, an FQHC group, but uh, it's, it's amazing work. And I think uh, the reason why I tell people all the time that I got into healthcare was uh, I really enjoy business, but I really enjoy the ability to help your community and to help your fellow man. And healthcare administration is a great part where you can, you can flex those business aptitudes as well as, as, help your fellow man and help build your community up. And so uh, it's kind of a perfect fit for me. Well, thank you for sharing that. It sounds like I was uh, alluding to how sometimes we don't know where we're gonna end up, but um, it definitely sounds like you might've known for quite a while where you were gonna end up <laughs> in the healthcare round, uh, realm. And so um, before we get into some questions about how health and community economic development relate to one another. I do want to talk a little bit more about our care um, for our listeners that may not be familiar with the organization. Um, so I would just like for you all to provide just a brief history of our care, your mission and vision um, for the work that you do in the state. And so again, David, I'll take it over to you and then we'll move back over uh, and ask Aaron his thoughts. Sure. I'll share just a little bit. I think Aaron's going to talk a little more about the, the history but the wonderful thing about our care is that it's, it's born and bred in Arkansas. Dr. Steve Collier is the founder and CEO. I met Dr. Collier in 1981 in Augusta when I went to be the pastor in Augusta. And he wasn't part of my congregation at that point, but I watched him uh, serve as a local physician. And then he started um, uh, developing a network of, of clinics and having this vision for how can we uh, provide quality health resources and health care for underserved areas. And of course, he of course he was from uh, the Delta of Eastern Arkansas, and he understood how difficult it could be to have um, competent, quality people uh, willing to come and, and serve in those areas. So it's just been phenomenal uh, to see how this dream grew from the grassroots, literally. And, and how it has now uh, spread across the state of Arkansas. And I'll just stop and let Aaron talk a little bit. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, D David kind of really, really kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, our care, which is uh, federally qualified health center, and for those who don't know, um, you know, we're a certain kind of healthcare provider that provides um, healthcare at a discounted rate uh, for residents of areas uh, where there's, um, a, a lack of care. And so, like you said, uh, you know, Dr. Collier really grew this from a small group of, I, I want to say about three clinics, you know, when he joined um, in 1986, the organization, he, he 
he picked it up and, and grew it into what it is today with 63 clinics across three states. Um, you know, we're also in Mississippi. We, we call it Mississippi Care over there, and we've got one in uh, we've got a few in Kentucky and we call it Kentucky Care. So, um, and so, you know, really to take it, it's, it's pretty fascinating to think about what a small little group it was with, you know, clinics in Augusta and Cotton Plant, and to take it to um, the organization it is today that serves so many people, um, you know, with clinics everywhere from Oxford, Mississippi to Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, it, it's pretty amazing. And of course, too, we also expanded our service lines along the way. So, you know, we started out as primary care, but you know, we do behavioral health as well. We do uh, community outreach programs. Uh, we do um, HIV and special services, as well as MAT, uh, which helps with uh, opioid addiction. And so what's really fascinating is, is it's really following our mission of health for all. You know, we, um, we really believe that in that mission statement. And so we look to provide every, care to everyone. And so in places where we found where there's a lack or of care and a need, we're always looking to be able to fill that gap. So it's, it's interesting when people kind of see all the different service lines we provide at our care. Um, a lot of times what we tell people is those are grown out of strength and grown out of need because uh, the areas where we serve, we saw a need for those communities and, and no one was providing that. And so we took it upon ourselves to do that. And so, um, you know, like I said, we're, we believe in health for all. And, and one of the phrases, you know, we say all the time is, you know, we serve the least, the last, and the forgotten. And that's really important to think about, too, because because I think we take care of everyone. We don't turn any of our patients away. Um, it's allowed us to be a very strong, healthy organization that um, is is very endeared to the communities we're in. Um, and and like um, like David said, I mean, he was he was a pastor and he, he saw the good work that our care was doing all the way back then. And, and I say for the communities that we're in, a lot of them are very small. I mean, they understand what an asset we are to their communities. And we feel fortunate to be able to be a part of those communities. Well, thank you all so much for sharing that. And what I love most about our care is obviously that grassroots connection, being so connected to your community and that idea um, that, that you all shared of healthcare for all, of serving those um, that are in need because healthcare is so crucial. I mean, it's a foundational piece of what makes our quality of life um, great um, and able for us, for our communities to thrive. And so as you all were talking about your connections, um, you know, in the Delta or in communities um, that are very much in need of these services, and you spoke about your outreach within those communities, why do you think it's important for your organization to be connected at the local level? And what are some examples of how um, either of you or your employees are involved in their local communities? And um, Aaron, I think I'll let you take that first, and then we'll go over to David. Sure, sure. That's that's perfect. Um, well, I man, I think why we think it's so important to be connected to the community is because healthcare affects every aspect of our life, um, whether we're, you know, uh, an infant or a uh, you know hundred year old. I mean, we're our, our health is important to us and need to be taken care of. Um, you know, we're, we're, we we want to be there for every stage of the life, and so. So everyone in the community needs healthcare. And so we we like to be a part of that community because we have to be a part of their lives in some way. I, I know that took out a roundabout, but um, but by being part of the community, um, I think we build trust with our 
our patients um, because they will at some point need us. And we want to make sure that they trust us. They know that we care about them. And we know that we care about, about their community too. And I think that, um, that shows that we're here for the right reasons. You know, our care is a non-for-profit. Um, you know, our mission is first and foremost. And so um, I think showing people that, you know, we're, we're here to take care of you from whatever stage of life you are, but also to, you know, we understand what helps make you healthy is having uh, a robust community is, is really important. So that's, I guess, why we think it's important to be connected on a local level. Um, but, you know, and our, our employees are just, they're, you know, they're a part of the community. I mean, that's really part of it too, is we want to be good employers. And a lot of times our employees are, you know, they're members of the community. They live here, they work here, um, you know, their families are here. Um, and so they're involved in a lot of things around the community. And of course, we want to show our support for those things. And so, um, and of course, too, it's just, we kind of think of, it sometimes feels like a small, uh, not a small, a big family. and um, these employees being able to um, feel that they're taken care of and that, you know, their home and their communities that they call home are, are taken care of by our care. And so, so that's kind of why we, we believe in that connection and, and why I think we're so involved is our employees just are a part of this community. So, you know, we do things like we, we, in little festivals that we, we try to take a part of and be a part of them too. You know, we'll sponsor little league teams and things like that. We're, we're a part of the chambers and everywhere we're at, you know, because we just want to be involved. And, and a lot of times, too, what we do is we want to make sure our employees are, are part of those events as well, uh, because they're, they're our best ambassadors to the community. Thanks so much, Aaron. And so, David, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why do you think it's important for organization to be connected at the local level, um, as well as if you have any examples of how you or your employees are involved in local communities? Sure. Thank you. And I'm just adding to what Aaron said. There's, there's, he, he's done a good job talking about this, but, but it really is, you know, one of the first thoughts that came to my mind was, um, Local, the local level is where people live. That's where people live is locally, right? Uh, the old phrase is all politics are local. Well, all healthcare is local. And so it's really important to have uh, our focus uh, on what's happening in the community, understanding the lifestyles and the life needs of people in a community is just so important. Uh, our care is focused on the local level because uh, we are here to provide health for all. Uh, we want to provide excellent service, and the more uh, people in the community trust us, then the more they will come to us, and the more that we can serve in more meaningful ways. So it, it is. It's about building that relationship and extending that trust. So being committed at the local level really is the our care model. Everything about our care is how can we understand uh, the local communities and, and have a positive impact there. Uh, the foundation is certainly involved at local levels and, and trying to enrich and improve some uh, uh, parts of local community life. Uh, we have uh, uh, our Center for Education and Wellness in Augusta, which started out uh, 10 years ago with 15 preschool children. I was in Augusta and visited with them yesterday they have 168 children daily through that program. And we have, I was there because we were breaking ground on a, an extent, a expansion of our facility. Uh, not only do we have 
uh, all these children, they, they told me that they have 83 children on a waiting list. And so we, that's, that's making a difference in, in a local community. Uh, most people don't know anything about Augusta, Arkansas. But the people who live there know everything about Augusta, Arkansas. It's their world. And so it's just cool to see a high-quality, state-of-the-art uh, child education and wellness center uh, there for that community. That education and wellness center is, is more than a daycare. Uh, we provide, we have a full-service pediatric clinic that's built into that facility. Uh, it's not really a therapeutic center, but half of the children who are uh, enrolled in our program there receive therapy of one form or another through their week, speech therapy, occupational therapy. Um, so there are a lot of wonderful things happening through that. Uh, we have not just in Augusta, but in Little Rock, we are working with a church called Canvas uh, uh, Community. It's in downtown Little Rock, and they have a kind of a specialty niche congregation where they work with the homeless. Well, our care is down there every week on Wednesdays, and we provide a, a clinic for the homeless community, and our foundation helps support that. Uh, we have a scholarship that we provide, uh, a pre-med scholarship at Arkansas State in Jonesboro. Um, we're deeply partnered with uh, the 100 Families Program, uh, which is part of the Restore Hope Arkansas, and we're just thrilled with the way that is uh, developing. It began, the, the, the pilot was done by Restore Hope, was done in uh, Sebastian County, and then it went into uh, White County, and now it's going into Crawford County, and has just uh, had an official opening in Pulaski County. And our care is involved in each of those counties as a, a, a foundational partner uh, with 100 families. So that's just, picture, that's a piece of, that's anything but all, but that's a, a picture of how our care is uh, trying to uh, penetrate the community. Uh, not, it's not, the, it's not what we get out of it, it's how we can help enhance and enrich the lives of the community out there. Thanks so much. So right. not, not, that, not that we have anything to brag about or, or to celebrate, but I'll be quiet and let you ask another question. <laughs> No, I was going to say, um, I just want to thank you for sharing all those great examples of how um, organizations, you know, that are committed to health, um, organizations like Our Care can make such a huge impact, especially in rural communities. Um, and you provided some excellent examples of how that's happening every day at the local level. Um, and I would encourage anybody listening to look into the, uh, the examples you provided and figure out how they can model that in their own communities um, or get involved um, with, with what's already happening. And this is kind of, this conversation is kind of building on the questions that I'm asking. So this uh, question goes a little bit deeper um, into community and economic development. Um, so why do you all think that community leaders should focus on health as a part of their community and economic development goals? Um, and again, Aaron, I'm gonna let you lead that question off. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I think really the basic reason is why a community leaders should focus on health um, is because if you're trying to grow your community, if you're trying to attract 
job creators, if you're trying to attract families to come and buy homes in your communities, you want to have a good quality of life. Um, you know, it's interesting is with the pandemic, we saw a lot of people starting to work from home. You know, I've got friends who uh, were living in big cities who all of a sudden found themselves wanting to locate to, to small towns um, because they said, listen, I'm told I have to work from home and we're never going back to the office. And, um, you know, so it's like I can either, you know, live here in a big city and have low quality of life or I can move out there and, and have a greater quality of life. And so, you know, I think smaller towns throughout Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi, that's really attractive to, to, to some workers. And so, but, you know, you want to be a community that when they come to that, they, they see that, you know, people are healthy, the workers are healthy, um, and that it's a good place to live. So really just in trying to improve the quality of life of your community is so important. And that's why they should really be focused on health. You know, how can we make sure that our citizens are happy and healthy? Um, so that's kind of one aspect of why I think they should focus on health. And then, you know, economic development goals, I think, you know, always small towns um, and, and medium towns are looking for ways to attract job creators. And, and a good way to do that, though, is if you've got medical facilities in your community that you're not having to travel 30, 40 minutes to go see a doctor, uh, that's, that's really beneficial. And then once again, you know, if you've got healthy workers, you can work. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's a good bonus as well. But of course, too, you know, when you think about it, when you've got communities that have healthcare facility, I mean, they're spending money in the community. They're a part of the local economy. You've got providers who are typically higher income, who are now part of this community, who are, who are a part of it as well. And so, you know, that's just a natural small step to help help growing growing your community economically is is by having those um those types of people within your community. And so that's why I think, you know, health is such a good focus for um, you know, economic development and just, you know, improving your community in, in general because a healthy community is a happy community and a happy, healthy community is one that's gonna be growing that can invest in, in other projects and, uh, and and build towards the future, to be honest. Um, and so I think that's why it's so important uh, to focus on health. And Erin, I think you made kind of the most essential point, I think that comes to this question is um, back in the day, you know, jobs drove people to places, but now currently in the economy we live in, quality of life uh, really drives people to places. People want to live in places they can live, work, and play in. And um, they want, um, you know, walking trails, biking trails. Um, they want to be active and connected um, with their fellow citizens. And health is just such a crucial piece of that. Um, and I'm so glad that you shared the example of uh, folks, you know, migrating out of larger urban areas into small, uh, more rural communities um, because of the amenities, the natural amenities and um, that small town atmosphere and that connection, um, I think is so important and such an asset. Um, and so David, I'm going to throw it over to you. Why do you think community leaders should focus on health as a part of their community and economic development goals? Sure. <laughs> One of, the thing, one of the thoughts that just comes to my mind is here we are, uh, we're not out of the pandemic. We are still contending with the pandemic, though we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Anybody who questions how important health is in these United States this day is, is kind of out of touch, right? We, we, if the pandemic didn't do anything else, it took health care and health needs and put them in the forefront 
the entire economy is impacted by health or the lack thereof. And so here we are in our care trying to talk about health for all. It's easy when you, when you are talking about uh, hospitals and clinics and, and physicians and nurses, it's easy to talk about the sick people. But what our care is about is health. We want health for all. And so that means healthy lifestyles, uh, healthy uh, activities, uh, and providing support for, for people when we are sick because we all get sick, uh, but we want to stay healthy as possible. And so I think that's where uh, the economic piece comes in is that as we are healthier, we have more ability to work. We have more energy for work. We have more vision for new things. Um, we're not, we don't want people to just exist from one step to the next. We want people to thrive. And so uh, our care sees uh, a healthy uh, environment and healthy communities as the, uh, the, the right growing bed for strong communities and, and uh, meaningful life. I, I, think it, I think focusing on health only makes sense uh, for community to include in their economic development plans because it takes healthy people uh, to work. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, David, and that um, it is just an essential part of, um, of what we need to do as community leaders um, to make our, our communities thrive. I love that you use the word thrive because that's really the goal, um, isn't it? Is that growth, uh, but as well as a thriving community, a place where people um, love to be and are happy um, to be happy and healthy, as you said as well. Um, so Aaron and David, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedules, I know, to speak with me today. This has been a really fruitful conversation. I know I've enjoyed getting to learn more about both of you and about our care and your thoughts um, as health relates to the state and how we can continue to grow as a state. Um, and again, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate thank you so the opportunity. No problem. All right, everybody. So on upcoming episodes of the CDI podcast, um, we're going to feature CDI graduates and participants, community partners and community and economic development experts from across the state of Arkansas and the Mid-South. While this is the end of season two of CDI podcast, uh, we're going to be next back next season with some more great speakers, um, maybe even some speakers that we've heard from before just talking about new topics. And we hope you join us next time uh, on the CDI podcast.